0: Hey, today on New Mexico Rising, we welcome back Erin Clements. She is one half of the dynamic duo of the Clements who are tirelessly looking into election integrity here in the state of New Mexico. She's back with some updates. So me and Sean will sit down with her, go through those updates and share those updates with you. Let's get started. Sorry, no, Sean, but you got me. Welcome back to New Mexico Rising. Um, this is kind of going to be me going solo, um, but we have an amazing guest. Returning back to New Mexico Rising is Aaron Clements. She is giving us updates on election integrity efforts here in New Mexico. And, of course, to kind of preview a report that is now that will probably go live probably in the next couple of days to kind of you know, spell out the findings and stuff like that. Our intrepid reporter, Sean Bradley-Whitsman, is down in Texas. Uh, he is trying to cover the uh, Ashley Babbitt birthday you know, celebration of her life. And to, there's going to be some good speakers down there. And we are actually kind of going live with that as well on the TMI network, while Facebook allows us to go live still on the TMI network. Um I would like to probably rant about something here in local politics and stuff, but you didn't really come here for me. You came here to see, I guess, what Aaron has with with updates about this election integrity effort here in New Mexico. So I'm going to stop talking. We're going to bring on our guests. Welcome. Thank you, Dan. New Mexico Rising.
1: Thank you. Good to be here again.
0: Yeah, no, man. We really appreciate you coming back mm-hmm. on with the update. We when we when we had our first kind of uh, uh, episode with you, we t- told you, hey, if when there are any updates, come back on the program, and you let us know. It it was on one of our more highly rated, you know, really really did well on the numbers and stuff because people really like this subject. There's a lot more people who were skeptical in the beginning, I being one of them, who are now much more sympathetic to the idea that something wasn't right. But enough of me talking. What do you have for us again uh, this Sunday?
1: Okay. Um, last time that I was with you, we talked about uh, the there was a number of uh, algorithms that are obvious in the data, in the election results themselves and in the voter rolls. And so... Um, since we've already covered that, I wanted to talk about some of the myths that have been dispelled just by looking at the data and will will be in our report in detail that's coming out um, any day now. <laughs> um, these were myths that were fed to us by the media for months at a time. And when I actually went to look at the data itself and say, well, is that is that a true statement what we were told to believe, that it's they're all they're not true at all. Um, So, Chris, if you'd want to bring up the first slide, we could just jump into it. Um, The first thing that we were told is that Trump lost because of the uncommon voter. There you go. (laughs) Um, So, what I did is I took uh, just total turnout um, for 2016 and 2020 and compared them to one another. So, if you look at these first four columns on the left side of this slide, you have 2016 and 2020 Democrat votes are the first two columns, and you have 2016 and 2020 uh, Trump votes because he was the Republican candidate both times. And something immediately pops out as being wrong with this is that uh, when you go from 2016 to 2020, both candidates saw an enormous increase in votes, and you never see that when you go back and look at at history uh, that you would see a very large increase in both. Um, both parties, without a corresponding large increase in population. So, from 2016 to 2020, we essentially had a stagnant population. I think we grew by 0.2 percent. Yet, we are supposed to believe that 124,000 new voters showed up in 2020 than voted in 2016, and that, um, and that both parties. Both increased, which which wouldn't happen. Typically what would happen is if one candidate saw an increase over, or one party saw an increase over the prior election, that increase would come at the expense of the other party. But that's not what they tell us happened. So we had 124,000 extra votes. And when you look at the data, all 124,000 of those people uh, decided to vote Democrat. And, um, when you look, think about how big that number is, that's 10% of our total registration we're supposed to believe uh, showed up to vote. So that's one giant red flag because that doesn't happen. It Usually an increase comes at the expense of another party. So then um, the other myth we were told is that um, Democrats are gonna choose to vote absentee because they are scared of the virus and they don't wanna be out in public. And so uh, I went back in time. I went back to 2004 to the um, just the data that's posted on our Secretary of State's website. So I'm using her own data. And I compared how many, is that true, that Democrats tend to vote absentee over Republicans in history? And it turns out it's not true at all. In fact, they tend to vote absentee at the same rates that they tend to vote in person. So there's no historical basis for saying that. They just fed us that in the media month after month after month. Um, And so I wanted to see if it was even true within our own data. So since Democrats and Republicans both tend to vote in the same percentages, whether it's absentee or in person, I looked at how much absentee voting increased in 2020 over 2016 for Republicans. And you can see that there's only on the, the two columns on the far right side are the Republican votes, absentee 2016 and 2020. And only about 50,000 more Republicans voted absentee um, in 2020 over 2016. So you would expect a similar rise in the Democrats because historically that's how it's always been. But instead of 50,000 uh, more Democrats voting absentee in 2020, it was closer to 200,000 uh, Democrats voting absentee, which when you compare it to the extra votes that we saw um it's most likely those are fraudulent votes. They were just made up, injected. Um, and the other thing about the other way I know this is wrong is when you compare the in-person votes. Um, so are, are Democrats actually more afraid to vote in person um, than not? Uh, it The data just doesn't show it. So there's there was something like, let's see, 90,000 fewer Democrats showed up on election day and in person. So you would expect those 90,000 to go vote absentee instead of the 200,000, if that makes sense. So I know this is kind of hard to read, but um, just the massive number of extra voters that we saw in 2020 is a giant red flag. And then it doesn't match that Democrats chose to vote absentee. What it seems to, to suggest is that the uncommon voter they told us existed was really ghost voters. So, Chris, if you want to go to the next slide, okay. Um, the other myth that we were told, even by our own Republican Party, is that Trump there was that 2020 was just a giant referendum on Trump. Um, the base didn't like him. Democrats didn't like him. Nobody trusts him. And and you can look at the data again to know that that is not true. Um, and the way I figured this out is I I I graphed the counties from most Republican to least Republican, as far as uh, the base that showed up. Okay, so you can tell how many Republican voters showed up. You can tell how many Democrat voters showed up. Um, You don't know how they voted, but you know how much of the base showed up. But when I compare how much of the base showed up to um, the Trump votes and the Biden votes, Trump had a larger percentage of support than the base in almost all counties. So this graph is kind of trying to summarize all of that complicated information with one picture. So the way you read it is the counties are listed on the bottom axis, and then the the percentage over the base that actually voted for Trump is shown on the y-axis. So anything over 0% means something larger than the Republican base went and showed up and voted for Trump, which means he got Democrat, Democrat votes, he votes, got independent, independent yeah. votes, right? And yeah. anything lower than zero means Trump got a smaller percentage of the Republican base um, than you would have expected just based on the size of the base.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. there's a couple of things about this slide. So I looked at which ones first of all, showed a large increase um, over the base for Trump. And there's 23 of our 33 counties showed more, a pretty large um, percentage over the base in support for Trump, which means Democrats and independents are voting for him. And then I look at the counties where that wasn't the case, where it was pretty close to zero or negative. And this is where things really get interesting. So that that larger box there, it's circling... uh, I think it's circling eight counties. But seven of those counties had a system that was new from Dominion, and it's called adjudication. And adjudication is when um, you, you turn in your ballot and the tabulator can't read it. And so instead of kicking it back out and telling the person to fill out another ballot, it puts it in a side in a folder called adjudication. And it puts all the other Um, ballots that were fed in at the same time into that same folder. So if you have one unreadable ballot but you were uh, feeding 100 100 ballots through, all 100 of those ballots would go into this folder and would be set aside. And then theoretically what's supposed to happen is a human person is supposed to look at the image that was created of that unreadable ballot and then fill out another ballot with what they believe your vote was based on what the image that you can see. and then they cast your vote for you. So there are several problems with the adjudication system. One of the problems um, is that it was only in seven counties, not in all 33. So right up front, the secretary of state is treating our votes differently, depending on what county you're in. And she happened to put these adjudication stations in our most populated counties plus Los Alamos County. So you'll notice that that circle includes all of our largest counties. So right there, there's an an equal protection argument that our votes are treated differently according to where you live, which is illegal according to the constitution. Um, The other problem with adjudication is that um, I submitted a public documents request and I asked the secretary of state, okay, how many ballots that were fed through these tabulators got adjudicated? That is to say, you could think of it as like, what was the error rate of 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 the tabulator as it scanned stuff? And by law, the error rate can't exceed 0.0008%. So it's a teeny tiny percentage that is allowed to be um, unreadable. Okay, so, uh, and I was amazed when she told me how many ballots were adjudicated. It was, the minimum was like 27% and the highest was 40%-ish, I believe it was in Santa Fe. Um, So right there, you're thousands of times over the limit of what you're allowed to have as a as
0: an unreadable ballot oh wow so that that explains a lot yeah. just to bring this chart back up here and you know as as jason valancourt has so <laughs> pointed out if if it's yeah. if the fec only allows that percentage right then we and greatly we- exceed that by orders of magnitude but what's very very interesting about this particular chart here when we talk about you know uh base support even in these counties which had this different adjudication process and one would argue are traditionally blue Mm -hmm. his turnout was extraordinary uh turnout was extraordinarily high right he he did better in those counties now i don't what do you explain what explains otero lincoln and uh what was the other one there um
1: sierra
0: Sierra, yeah sierra what what explains that drop off of Particularly in Otero County. Yes, um, I think
1: fraud explains it.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That, I'm sitting there like, mm-hmm. I, I tend to remember that's one of our uh, more rebellious counties. Yes.
1: Yes. David and I lived in Lincoln County for a couple of years, and he was the assistri- assistant district attorney and then the deputy district attorney for Otero and Lincoln counties. And those two counties are some of the most independent. Um, Republican counties we've got in our state as far as, and so it it's defies any kind of logic to think that Trump got 40% less of the base, that 40% of the Republican base went and crossed over and voted Democrat. Nobody believes that. So Otero, Captain Lincoln, Sierra, um, none of those belong uh, in those low low Republican base uh, and crossover That that part of this graph. They should and- be... Yeah, you know, historically where they've always been. And it's absolutely ridiculous to think that um, that they were less Republican than Santa Fe or Dona Ana or Taos that have always been voting that, Democrat.
0: That is the point I'm looking yeah. at. It's almost yes. as if the, the overturn out of the base in traditionally blue counties yes. to compensate for that, yes. these traditionally rebel, rebellious red counties yes. were somehow that turnout was historically lower. Right. And that should always give people pause.
1: Yeah. If I was a voter in any of those four counties, I would be up in arms. (laughs) And it goes back to that. So you said, how do you explain it? Um, So we have those adjudication stations, which explains the seven largest counties plus Los Alamos. But then I showed you that slide previous where there were 200,000 extra absentee ballots magically turned in by Democrats. And I think that that explains how, how they made Lincoln Otero Sierra look the way they did right. in the end,
0: you yeah. know, Oh, so that's, that's, that's quite a bit to grok on. So from the first mm-hmm. slide, it basically looks like it, it, it's highly unlikely with the rise of our population relative to, you know, 2016, that there were that many more people now, yeah one would argue that like maybe this was a unique election in how it energized people to actually turn out to vote but that doesn't necessarily explain the astronomical increase in absentee ballots if anything um just being in near in valencia and bernalillo county i mean there's a thousand one places to go vote in person and we we started voting in like late or early October yes,
2: uh,
0: of 2016, of 2020, I'm sorry. And so to me, I, I've always found it laughable that like, why would, I mean, I got absentee ballots too at the house. I didn't know what to do with them. I threw them yes. away. I went, I, I'm going to go vote in person Right. because I'm, they gave me almost, you know, 20, day, 20, 30 days before the election to vote. It's, mm-hmm. it's convenient and stuff. So I don't see why, I don't know I, I as much as i would like to say and we like to poke fun at our democrat friends who were too scared to maybe leave their houses mm-hmm. yeah we kind of got into october and stuff like i don't really think that that was that big of a deal yeah. so that's why i'm kind of hesitant about the absentee balance only for the fact that maybe I'll, i know I'll, we know because we have people with personal experience a lot of them went out mm-hmm. <laughs> right um the question is how many got turned back in? And I can tell you from my household, of the three people eligible to vote in this household, we all voted in person. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: and that was another problematic thing that people reported all over the state is um, getting enormous numbers of not only the absentee ballot application, but also the voter registration application, which um, was sent out. The voter registration was sent out by a third-party Democrat far left group that was sending, you know, upwards of half a dozen voter up or absentee, not absentee, I'm sorry, um, voter registration applications to households. And they would have names on them of like uncles that had never even lived in New Mexico. So they were finding, you know, every name they could find associated with the person and sending that person a registration application with no good faith at all that these were actually reaching um, New Mexican citizens and or eligible New Mexican citizens who could vote. So all those mailers, um, it's like they were asking for fraud or encouraging it.
0: Wow. All right, well, well. now let's go on back here. Um, okay. uh, was this the next slide in the... Uh, yes, I was, think so. Okay, so, all right, we bring that back up there. All right, so okay. break this down for us.
1: So something that's been brought up a lot um, with regard to these tabulators, is everybody who's saying we believe fraud was committed um, and and what people will say back, what county clerks will say back, or Dominion itself will say back, well, this this equipment can't connect to the internet. It's impossible. So I sent in a public documents request uh, for all of the users' manuals for the election equipment that we use. And this is a figure out of our own user's manual for one of the tabulators that scans ballots. And you'll see right on there that it has, uh, there's a wireless button, which is available with some models. And it doesn't say whether or not uh, New Mexico purchased those models. But something we do know is um, in Antrim County, Michigan, the citizens there saw an extremely anomalous result in 2020, where it's always been a super red county and somehow Biden won the county for the first time ever, or a Democrat won the county for the first time ever. And so um, the people there started looking very closely at the equipment that they use. And um, they actually took apart one of their tabulators. And inside their tabulator, they found a cellular modem. And a cellular modem is the same thing that's in your cell phone and it allows you to connect to the Internet. And um, so you might say, well, it says in the manual that there is that option. Um, But it appears that the county clerk and maybe the secretary of state of Michigan didn't wasn't aware that there was cellular motives installed in the machines that they purchased. And in fact, um, during the hearings, when people were testifying about their observations of what they considered fraudulent behavior, um, to the Michigan legislature, they had John Paulos, who is the president of Dominion Voting Systems, come and testify to the Michigan legislature. And they asked him straight up, "Can your can your machines connect to the internet? And he said, no, they're not even designed to connect to the internet. And he vehemently, you know, opposed the idea that anything that he would build would connect to the internet. And then you go and you look at the manual for the machine, and it's right there, right there in the manual. And then some Michigan Um, Michiganders from Antrim County took apart one of their tabulators and they found the cellular modem. So I know that our our county clerks in our state believe their tabulators aren't able to connect to the internet, but I'm not sure that's the case. It may be that we don't have cellular modems in our tabulators, but it may be that we do. So that's something that New Mexicans deserve to have an answer on.
0: Right. And what would it take to make Mm -hmm. county clerks examine these devices and make sure that and verify that they won't that would that would go a long way yes because there's a lot of people that are probably going to sit out next year right which they shouldn't um because they they believe that this is an issue so it really doesn't matter so i that would go a long way is to be like just open them up real quick right Right. you know i mean we're spending we're going to be spending a lot of money on, the, on next year's elections in particular, because not only is it, you know, um, a federal election year, uh, it's a gubernatorial election year here in the state. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would go a long way to do that. I mean, in, in my, and I've always been a bigger, the bigger advocate for, as um, uh, think something that you had suggested last time you were on was hand counting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Just
0: paper ballots, hand counting. And, and any county clerk at a certain point could, could request or demand that that be done. Right. These are very low tech and easy things that could be accomplished that would restore some faith yes. in the integrity of elections. But I don't yeah. know what uh, what do you I, ha- I guess you have a report that's going to be coming out pretty soon. I assume you're going to uh, within that report would be probably a suggestion to, I don't know, do that. like Yeah. In the machine.
1: We'd like to see full forensic audits done in yeah. at least a handful of our counties. And one of those things should be let's take apart one of these tabulators and see if we have cellular modems in them. Yeah, and I think the only thing that's going to make that happen is significant public pressure Hmm. once the public understands the myriad of questions that are are legitimate questions that people should have when they see the president of Dominion lying lying under oath to the Michigan legislature about what's in his machines. And we know for a fact in other counties that didn't believe their tabulators were connectable, in fact, had cellular modems in them. And then um, if you'll go to the next slide, Chris, I wanted to dig in on this a little bit more and see if I could actually get our secretary of state to deny that our equipment is connected to the internet. And so what I asked her for, I put in a pretty detailed uh, public documents request for anything they have at all that would explain their cybersecurity efforts, whether it's network diagrams or something to prove to New Mexicans that They put a lot of effort into making sure (laughs) that that our voting systems aren't connected to the Internet. And um, in response, I got this uh, rather disappointing half page memo and a table that will be on the next slide. But um, essentially what it says is that, oh, we know nothing can connect to the Internet because we rely on air gaps and air gaps. All that means is that you don't have a wired connection. So she even um, she even defines it for you. So if you have uh, that you don't have a wired connection to a piece of equipment, so either that doesn't exist, or if it has a wireless connection, that that wireless connection is disabled. disabled. So she doesn't even deny that we don't we don't buy equipment that is connectable. It's just that will we go check and make sure there's no wires sticking into the tabulators. But I mean, anyone who uses a cell phone knows that it's no problem at all to connect something. To the internet without a wire, so to still be talking about air gaps when now that we have Wi Fi, this is like I don't know nineteen eighty cybersecurity effort. This is this is ridiculous, especially in our current environment. And if you look at the date on this thing, I can't tell exactly what date he meant to put on that. If it was twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, but it's clear that if he meant twenty twenty one, that the significant number of questions. That have been raised up to this point, and this is all they have to say in response. It's pretty insulting. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the, asked- the,
0: yeah, 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 that makes, I mean, what, yeah, yeah, one is a certain level of professionalism that mm-hmm. you don't see from that memo because it was, you know, there was a typo, A. Yeah. And then B, um, of course, we understand the definition of air gap. Yes, please define that for us, but air gap doesn't, you know, yeah, air gap means, not what they th- think it means, right? I mean, yeah. to verify truly that it's an air gap system, again, open the machine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yes. Or prove to us that the wireless has been disabled, right. Or why do these things even have wireless in them, right? Why is that even an option,
1: right? Exactly. Um,
0: it, you know, that's that's that to me is 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 mind blowing. Yeah, and I, I can, yeah, that that, that memo is a bit of a brush off, um, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe and obviously hastily put together, um for other reasons. So I guess we can look at this table that's on the next slide here.
1: This table came with that memo. (laughs) So this was page two. And basically he's saying, I know that all of our systems in all of our counties are air gabbed because somebody went and took a picture.
0: Uh, And it shows you
1: the date that they went and took a picture. (laughs) So, um, I mean, each one of these counties probably has at least... I don't know, 10 to 50 to 75 tabulators scattered around their their county, and they went and took a picture of what what was it? Was it a tabulator? Was it the was it the the election management system where they put everything in at the county? Um, who knows? This is all the detail we got. But one of the things that stood out to me in this table were the dates on it. So I think the earliest picture was taken October 27th, and the latest picture was taken on. Uh, election day itself. And if you recall our early voting schedule, people have already been voting for a month before they even went and checked whether or not things were connected to the internet. Yes. And they use this um, you know, ridiculous method to say, oh, well, we know because we took a picture and that we didn't have any wires. Um, so that right there, because the slide I showed you first, um, most of the in-person voting actually happens in early voting. Mm-hmm. So almost all the votes have been cast before they yes. even go check, which is also ridiculous. And he has their RTR, which he didn't define, but I think by that he means um, the results tally and tally uh, reporting system, which is in the central location of the county. Mm-hmm. So we asked a county clerk, so if you, nothing's connected to the internet, how do you get the results to the, to the secretary of state? Do you call her up and read her the numbers? And they said, no, no, we take the, they take the, um they're called cards out of the tabulators they take them to the central county location okay. some of that some of the ballots are counted at the central location um, if they had a polling place there or they count the absentee ballots there and then right. they start putting these cards from the tabulators into this it's called the election management system or ems and then after they're all loaded then they're supposed to review the results they're supposed to validate them and then publish them which sends them to the secretary of state electronically so that means at that time at least the re- results tally, the results and tally reporting system, and the EMS itself becomes connected to the internet. So if you wanted to do something nefarious, um, you could go back because now everything's now at least the EMS is connected, and and they don't go check, they don't disconnect it afterwards. It's probably just connected to the internet now, mm-hmm. which means you could backfill whatever you wanted. You could. You could change the results. Um, you could change the tables. You could change who voted. So even if it's not connected up to the point that they report, it's connected at the point that they report. Which means you could do any kind of nefarious thing you wanted to at that point.
0: And there's numerous opportunities from these polling from these air-gapped systems to I assume sneakernet these tabulated votes back to the central system. And then right. there's there's an opportunity from delivery from the air gap, you know, polling location to the central tallying location to inject nefarious means. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're, if you're moving ballots back to this central or tallying location to feed into its a machine yes. that then suddenly needs to be connected to, to some sort of, some sort of intranet to
1: right. at least
0: get the results back up to the secretary of state's, central, you know, repository of tallies, right. there's an opportunity to, to basically just throw about ballot, fabricated ballots into this tallying, central tallying location. Yes. So there are numerous gaps in security, mm-hmm. um, and in chain of custody, that, yes. yeah, I would imagine need to be answered, or at the very least, explained to the rank and file voter, who is disenfranchised, probably on purpose to vote because this is I'm not going to say it's it's unique I'm not going to say it's like it's definitive you know fraud but it's hard to explain a lot of these gaps
1: right and I that's how we word these kinds of things is we deserve answers we deserve to know um what is is if that genuinely is all the type the effort they put into the thought and effort they put into creating a a secure system, you know, that raises so many questions. Is our our competent people even thinking about this, or is this, um, you know, we we need to have a lot more information than we do, and we would like to see inside those machines and yeah. understand whether backfilling could happen. Another thing we did um, is we plotted. You can tell when, from the publicly available data, you can tell when counties. Um, reported their results and so when you plot when counties reported their results it's quite a bit later that the state actually reports those results so there's why is there a lag between when the counties say they're done and when the secretary of state says well here's the results are they backfilling something now that as those counties reconnect to the internet these are questions that we need answers to
0: right and And, if we there are great examples out there mm -hmm. florida There was no shenanigans in Florida. We knew pretty quickly what needed. We knew pretty quickly the results in Florida because they'd gone through, you know, the fiasco of the the 2000 campaign. So yeah, I, again, I used to joke and now I can't joke anymore. I have family in Nigeria and I was there in 2015 when they were having their presidential elections and they shut down the country for almost a week um, for a couple of reasons. One, Previous elections had turned into bloodletting and, and, and lots of violence. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to restrict travel and that stuff. But the other thing is it took so long to count. And I found it yeah. odd, like, in yeah. you know, because I'm coming from America. We had just had an election in 2014. Generally, with the exception of maybe one or two congressional races, we pretty much know by the time we go to bed the results. Right. And I found it odd that, you know you know, like, wow, what a backwards third world country where it's like it took take it took you guys a week to figure out you know who was who was ultimately the president and stuff like that and my relatives there who were obviously voting for the incumbent who was defeated were basically saying oh they're just trying to figure out how many votes they need from the more muslim controlled areas of nigeria in order to know how how much fraud to inject Yes. I found that kind of odd and silly and stuff.
1: Yeah, and then I see the awful. same thing
0: happen here.
1: Yes,
0: slowly from 2018 onward, mm-hmm. where how in the hell do we not know? Yeah, who the commander in chief of the United States is until definitively two days, three days, a week later. Yes. Um. So, my personal experience leads me to believe that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this before in other parts of the world. Yeah. So I, I think people need to get smart on how voting is done here. Yeah, If you can volunteer at a polling place, volunteer at a polling place. If you can volunteer to become kind of an auditor or someone who can do that, but Mm -hmm. educate yourself in this process. Because the reason why they can kind of obfuscate, you know, what's going on is, you know, we we figure we tally the votes. We, we go to a polling place. We fill out our ballot. We put it in the machine. The machine makes that little noise. We're good to go. We figure that each of those polling places is just calling that those results back up to a central location. We don't know that they're being tallied there, but then they're being slow boated to another location for centralized tallying which ultimately goes up to the secretary of state yeah. that to me you know that's something to know i we can debate whether or not that's efficient yeah. but or even secure but we got to know those things and yeah. it shouldn't take a full forensic audit to like be educated on the like well how is this actually being tallied
1: right right and i think most americans up until november 4th um were very ignorant of all of this and probably didn't care but when you see it take days and days to count stuff and you see votes disappearing on a screen as you're watching the news and you see these you know vote tallies with vertical lines in them where only one county or one candidate got you know all the votes votes. yeah (laughs) um, you can there's been a national movement there's there's hundreds if not thousands of people all over the country um, doing just like just what we're doing here in New Mexico, and and scrutinizing the process, scrutinizing who does it, scrutinizing, you know, every aspect of it to to learn how it works, so that we can keep people accountable and then fix the problems that we've found. And yeah, another thing that another myth, I guess that um, that you reminded me of when you said that um, about it taking forever to 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 finish counting the votes is that. Uh, they were telling us, well, it's going to take a long time to count the votes because we have to wait for the absentee. It'll take a long time to count all those absentee votes that we're expecting. But um, something that's true in most places is that the absentee votes are actually counted. You can start counting those at the beginning of election day itself. So by the end of the day, you have those totals are already ready. And that was true in most of our, in our counties here in New Mexico, most of them, that those absentee votes are actually the first ones loaded into, that was the first result sent up to the secretary of state. So it's not even true that we count absentee votes last, that we actually count them first. So that it's just, yeah, the whole, the whole narrative is pretty sketchy.
0: And then I guess the question is why, I mean, is that in the law? I mean, why can you start counting and tallying in-person votes immediately? And as absentee ballots come in, because they don't Mm -hmm. all come in on November, whatever day we decide for his election day. I yeah. mean, they come in, you know, weeks before. Right. right. I think they're supposed
1: to hold them. I think they actually opened them and then they put them aside and they're, they're allowed to start counting them on election day. Some states, this happened in Arizona and in Colorado both, is they allowed them to count, start counting them before election day. So in Maricopa County, that has been the center of so much controversy, they actually had counted half of the total ballots that came in a couple of days before election day so they that's another another i guess red flag that people are worried about is these early voting knowing results before you even get to election day having most of your ballots cast before Mm -hmm. you're even at election day because if there are bad actors and your tabulators are connected to the internet or someone is printing out results early to figure out you know well how's it shaping up how many how many yeah, how do you like try absentee narrative? ballots do we need to inject? Yeah, yeah. 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 So having um most of the voting process already done before election day just is is a you're just inviting bad actors to take advantage of that because that's perfect polling for how pe what the will of the people is. And then you know you know pretty well who shows up on election day because that's historically you can figure out the percentage and you can gauge it
0: mm-hmm. well enough
1: to a swing an election if you wanted to with fake ballots.
0: Yeah, no, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting back to the slideshow here, I okay. think there's just one more. Is there one more? Or just yeah, just- I
1: think it's just one more.
0: Okay, so this one here about yes. this myth of voting system is legal.
1: Yeah, so uh, New Mexico has two cities that use what's called ranked choice voting. So that's in Santa Fe and Las Cruces. And I don't know if you've heard of this. But it's if you have multiple candidates on the ballot, um, you can have a ranked choice election instead of your typical election, where you choose one candidate and um, the winner is supposed to get a certain percentage of the vote in order to win. So, in in traditional elections, um, you select your candidate. If they get if they if the winner falls below whatever that Uh, threshold is as far as, um, the percentage they need to win. There can be a runoff election in which you will the like the top two will have a runoff. So we've heard of runoff elections plenty of times. Um, but there was a, a third party, uh, far left group that convinced Santa Fe and Las Cruces to hold their, um, their municipal elections using ranked choice voting instead of our traditional voting, Um, And what ranked choice is, is you have, let's say, I think, I think last time we had a ranked choice election in Las Cruces, it was like 10 candidates on the ballot. It was something pretty ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but you, you choose, you actually have to vote for every candidate on the ballot and you vote for them in the order that you would vote for them if they were in a runoff election. So you vote for all 10 and then the ones towards the top of your ballot, they get a higher ranking they get a fraction, a weighted fraction applied to that vote. Um, so the one at the top gets the highest fraction. The next one gets a slightly lower fraction and down to number 10, which would be a fairly low fraction by the time you get there. And then um, it's a super complicated process, but yeah, if, no, after you after you throw all this stuff in, the computer will have hold it, what they call an automatic runoff. So if none of the candidates got like, more than 30% picking them for number one, it would drop number 10 and then it would do the same thing for the nine and then, and it redistributes the votes of the people that drop off to the people on the top. And it's it's just an algorithm, that's what it is. And it mm-hmm. a- applies weighted fractions to your votes. And there's several problems with that. First of all, it's an algorithm. It fractionalizes your vote. And um, we actually have in our state statutes that a vote shall increase the tally by one. So just that right there makes it illegal according to state statutes. Um, but what's even worse is for federal elections, it's um, they are under the jurisdiction of what's called the EAC, Election Assistance Commission, I believe that's what that stands for. So there's a set, it's called the Help America Vote Act, is the act under which the voting standards for federal elections are, are um, set forth. And... Um, Dominion admits, uh, in, in right, in its manuals, that the ranked choice voting option, which we actually use statewide, even though there's only two cities in our state that have elections like this, we use it uh, apparently for all elections because we buy the statewide statewide license. And this product is not certified according for federal elections, yet it appears that we use them for all of our elections in New Mexico. Um, And it is a fractionalizing algorithm applying software. (laughs) Wow! So
0: that's that's nuts. Also, ranked choice voting sounds extremely complicated. It is extremely complicated. Yeah. Um, Would I mean good old fashioned just plurality would probably suffice? Um, You know, I I don't. don't, I've never understood the need for runoffs, and I, I think it. I don't know. It, it you know, it might work, it might not work. I don't know, but I mean, runoffs are nothing more than ranked choice voting. I mean, really whoever gets the plurality. And if there's a tie at the top, then those two people run off. Yeah. I don't I don't see why we need to make this any more complicated than necessary. It's it's kind of we have a tendency in this society to t- change, take the things, particularly a lot of the things that, you know, were timeless. And because of modernity, we got to make them better and cooler and more complicated and algorithmic, yeah. algorithm, all the things when in actuality, I mean, you know, a plurality would just do fine. Yes, um, it, it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact of the matter is that, well, yeah, Santa Fe and Los Cruces can get away with any wacky voting they want to do. But if they are still using that when one then votes for. Mm-hmm. Um, Federal elections, right? Based on that slide, they can't really use that software in the federal election, right? Um, so but it appears that they do. It appears yeah. that they do. So mm-hmm. that 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 makes at least two uh, of the uh, cities that use this uh, out of compliance when it comes to. When it comes to federal election time,
1: yeah, and even state statute, if we're if one vote is supposed to increase the tally by one 1.0, not yeah, I don't
0: understand 20, how they were whatever. able to get away with it. Did someone take? Yeah. Did someone finally take them to court? Has someone taken them to court? Or at least we
1: haven't was, yet. I I didn't. I think we just weren't well aware of what this stuff was doing and what our statutes were. So as we're becoming more expert, we are organizing around this particular issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and another reason it's alarming is there was. in in California, um, you can look at their data as it was being reported. And there was one timestamp where only one vote was reported. And you can see, uh, instead of saying one vote for Trump and zero votes for Biden, or zero votes for Trump and one vote for Biden, it said 0.6 for Trump and 0.4 for Biden. So as one vote is coming in, it's being fractionalized and split between two candidates.
0: Oh, so they're they're using that rank choice algorithm. Yes. Uh, Okay. And it's exactly
1: the same software that is in that rank choice uh, voting thing that we use.
0: (laughs) Wow. This is, uh, well, that's sort of disgusting. But at the (laughs) same time, that makes sense. Well, because I had seen reports and stories about how votes were being like fractionalized and divided. And, it, and I think California's not the only state that happened. And I mean, there were look, there yeah. tons of stories going around in November, December of last year. Some of them were, you know, kooky. Some, of, but lots of them were very eyebrow raising. And it's just mm-hmm. like, well, how, how is that possible? Stuff like that, um, right. particularly the step function that existed in, the, you know, the vote tallies overnight. Yes, exactly. Um, right. And, and, you know, which is like. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys could it's almost like your algorithm, We you broke your algorithm, your control, your feed forward algorithm didn't work. It was supposed to smooth out that step function. Right. But it, it 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 didn't at that yeah. particular point. So it's yeah. almost like they got overzealous and greedy. Um, yeah.
1: I, there's another person we haven't talked about this, uh, but her name is Lisa Smith. And she actually worked at Sandia National Labs. And just following the election, she was scrutinizing the data that's reported by the New York times on that Edison database. Uh And she was, uh, what she figured out was going on is when you look at the output as a percent Trump divided by percent Biden, you can see these clear, it looks exactly like the output of a PID controller, which is the same type of control controller that, um, that governs your cruise control in your car where it will tell you how much gas do I need to put in to get up this hill, and now I'm on a straightaway, how much gas do I need to put in to keep going at this speed, not going faster or slower. And that's exactly what it looks like as the boats are coming in. And this is detailed in our report that we're publishing this week. I um, mean, you'll be able to see it more closely, but what she thinks happened when you saw those ridiculous vertical lines in the boat tallies, the step function, um, is that they had to reset it at some point because uh, it didn't go the way they were planning to go they they didn't guess how much they needed to overcome in order to thwart the will of the people so they had to kind of reset it starting at 10 30 pm when all those states stopped counting and where that's where you see those step functions coming in and she thinks when you when they reset it that you wouldn't have noticed those step functions exist earlier in the voting cycle but they they come in when there's hardly any votes counted yet mm-hmm. so when you have this step function later in the in the election cycle it's a lot more obvious because there's a lot more votes being tallied at that time so just a little step which is the algorithm changing you know you can see it when there's a lot of votes in the system where you wouldn't be able to at 705 when when they first set that function going and so that'll be in our report it's pretty complicated to explain but um, yeah, yeah, like
0: it's that. it's it's more it's kind of more of a linear algorithm as it as, yeah. it as it goes forward. I, you know, in my former life as doing aerospace stuff, we had t- tons of V four algorithms for tracking satellites, tracking launches, and stuff like that. And yeah. that, yes, reading her her work um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it did raise an eyebrow or two. It's just like, hmm, I didn't really I, I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's 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 tons of angles and tons of ways of looking at this that Mm -hmm. all point back to kind of the same conclusion. Right. Something wasn't right.
1: Right. Um, And
0: uh, we're living with those consequences right now Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. Uh, So I guess if there's nothing else about that, I mean, let's just just catch up on how you and how your husband are doing um, in light of, you know, doing all, you know, doing all this stuff that you're doing, which is God's work and also like, yeah, give us maybe a, maybe a sneak peek at this report that hopefully drops this week.
1: Okay. Um, well, my husband has been traveling the country uh, for several months now just going around and I guess trying to give people hope as to, there is a lot of hope as to how we fix this problem. And, um, he's seeing there's hundreds, hundreds and thousands of people, that he's personally talked to at this point in all kinds of states all over the country that are doing just what we're doing here in New Mexico and they're uh, scrutinizing their elections and they're gonna hold people accountable. There's been a lot of movement even in, um, even on the part of elected people in a lot of other states to to fix this problem. So um, as far as he's concerned, I mean, I think he's very encouraged as to, uh, what citizens are doing all over the place to fix this. And it's going to, and it's going to come down to the people forcing their elected people to, to get up off their couches and fix it and not take no for an answer. Um, And he sees a lot of hope in that at the same time uh, he got fired from his job at NMSU for refusing the vaccination. So, um, so really it's given him a lot more free time to focus on election fraud and, and, travel and talk to people about this so even then um i think there's kind of a benefit there because he has he can make a lot more trouble for people that would steal our elections with free time than he could have if he was at work you know
0: right right. so yeah and that's that's again it's it's this great purging Mm-hmm. uh that we, we seem to be seeing, and not only before it was weird and ideological and now that there's this emergency health nonsense that we're dealing with now where now you actually have a, a reason to get rid of principled people from mm-hmm. positions of authority power influence um yeah it's, it seems very very insidious and I think uh we're we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot of good people from Mm -hmm. academia our national labs um you know any 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 business any trade or anything we're gonna lose a lot of good people and those numbers may not seem significant right because you know vaccination rates are relatively high for for Mm -hmm. places that kind of mandate them but you know there's that's twofold firing people people leaving and, yeah. and, you know, of the people who you are now forcing to do this thing, they will remember what you did to them. If this all goes south.
1: Yes. Right. Um,
0: and I, and I, and I hope, you know, people understand that and stuff like that, that, but we're losing, we're purging from the public square, like, like valiant warriors for free speech. Yeah. For, for just rational thought, yes. Uh, ideological diversity right. um, and just brain power. Yeah, Um, and so that's 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 a shame. Um, I know you know, teaching and molding the minds of young students uh, away from the kind of Marxism that is kind of more prevalent on campus than we would like to think. Mm -hmm. Um, And to lose a warrior who was kind of bucking against that is uh, that's tragic and it's BS, but it is what it is. And so this report, yes. So what do we? You know, we're going to put a lot of that in the show notes and definitely on. Across every platform we can possibly put it Great. across, um, you, you know, to to kind of get that word out and stuff. What do we, what do we hope to see in this?
1: Okay, so the report is it's over 250 pages of evidence, and we've covered just a little bit of it today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's to me, if you understand math at all, it's irrefutable evidence that our election was parts of our election were fraudulent, and that we we cannot accept. Um, this election system going forward anymore. We have to fix it. Um, so there'll be, uh, that should be available. Uh, it should be available this afternoon, but we'll start blasting it out, um, during the week to email lists and such. Um, and with the report will be a list of contacts for each County. Um, so what we're asking people to do is after, if if they, we have an executive summary too. So if you don't have time to read 250 pages, you can read the executive summary, but we want people to call their county commissioners, their district attorneys, their sheriffs, their county clerks, and um, ask them to read the report. And as you're doing this, um, keep in mind that most of these county elected people are genuinely unaware of what happened. And you can argue about whether or not there's an excuse for that given how upset people are, but, they're gener- generally honest people. So we're asking people to respectfully ask them to look at the evidence um, and then ask them what they're gonna do about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And don't
1: take no for an answer.
0: <laughs> Definitely, all right. Well, once again, thank you. There is, there, if, thank you for the report, thank you for the update. Um, there's some you know discouraging stuff, but there's also some hope. Um, and like I said, let's just keep pushing this forward. As always, thank you for coming on. we appreciate you we appreciate your husband we um we appreciate the team that's going to put this help you to help you put this report together um and we're praying for everyone involved so again thanks again for coming on new mexico rising and please the invitation is always open for you guys to come back
1: thank you i appreciate it
0: baca Uh, hey hey that was all as always very informative i know
2: informative. i was just like oh, almost starting to rock back and forth like man come on you know it's it's frustrating that things move at the pace of government but alas it's better than bullets
0: um absolutely so, so what we, do we what do we have going forward man for either this uh, week next week
2: so we might i do want to miss you we might have karen bedoni on midweek but we're still working that out as you okay. know we got to kind of figure that part out um and then Sunday, a week from today, we will have Burley Kane on. Finally, um, Mr. Burley. So we always like talking about liberty and freedom and things of that nature on this show. Well, I do, and I certainly push that rhetoric mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I do. We have anything to chill? Um, you know, you know, we do. I, you know, I think if you haven't bought one yet, we're starting to
0: sell them. Yeah, no, we're actually starting that's, to sell. That's uh,
2: glowy box thingy. Hold on, it even comes with a remote control. You could turn it on. I usually try to goof it around a bit, but just they're cool. People are buying them. You should buy one.
0: Again, <laughs> uh, it helps support the show. It helps give us opportunities to maybe branch out and do a little bit more. If we start selling shilling these glowy boxes that are yeah, yeah they're just more aesthetic.
2: But that's glowy box thingy get yeah. you yeah that's get yourself glowy one box thingy. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, so so stay tuned to uh, New Mexico Rising's podcast posts. We will have all the links, uh, particularly to this report. Um, and, of course, um, if there's nothing else, I think Yeah, can... reach
2: out. Tell us who you want to see on the show. If you got any hot tips, give it to us, like the old uh, hard copy. Give us the links to the stories. Send us the stuff. Send us the scoops. We'll see you guys later.